0: Crossface,
1: the Daily Talk Show. A conversation sometimes worth recording with Josh Jensen and Tommy Jacket.
2: Episode 101, everyone. It's the Daily Talk Show. I'm jo- Do we have to intro ourselves nah, anymore? We, anymore. No.
1: <laughs> we paid some guy to say our names for <laughs> us. His name's Bob, by the way. Bob, uh, from, Shout out to Bob. From uh, New York, uh, New York City. We should say the, the
2: name of our guest today. Dr. Jason Fox good Hello day. Hey Good day good That's yeah. such a Jason Dr. Jason Fox thing I, what, how, how often do you Have the doctor in front Like when is it
0: It started uh, It started because um, All the URLs for JasonFox.com Were taken <laughs> uh, But Dr. Jason Fox was available And it was soon before like, Completing my PhD So I was like Oh yeah I can claim that
1: <laughs> So I mean I could put Dr. Tommy Jacket Totally, but then you but, have to do the yeah. Doctorate. So you've done the
0: hard work. What, you've got a uh, it's a doctorate of philosophy, um, but specifically our research, motivation, and behaviour change.
2: Did I make up the other day? I was throwing out out the other day. I was like, yeah, I think uh, Jason, Fo- Doctor Jason Fox, is an organisational psychologist. Now, yeah. You
0: did, Jason. Is that I, true? I made that up. Um, look, this is this is all part of the game. These are all just funny titles and masks that we wear and stuff. So I can be whatever gets me past the gatekeepers uh, <laughs> and into where I need to be. So organizational psychology, motivation design, behavioral scientist, um, whatever mask I need to wear to kind okay. of get me to the to the right place. You're like a
2: TED talk, uh, like the quintessential TED talk title. Oh.
0: Oh, oh yes, how so?
2: Well, in the well, when I think about TED talks, I think about like, or literally, those names
0: are the ones that I tend to mm. watch the mm. most. It's a, mm. like behavioral. Cycle. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! You've got to use the words. Yeah. Um, um, neuro is a popular one too, uh-huh. as a suffix. Neuro, whatever. Um, the science of people love that. Oh, the yeah. science of, um, even though it's rarely actually the science of. Like, there's it's more scientism. This kind of obsessive love and ideological. Um, a coveting of science as this kind of thing to worship as opposed to looking at the real science, which is often quite quite boring and quite slow and mundane.
1: I was um, watching some videos because you and Josh have worked oh, together. Shit.
0: Uh, oh, hang on. What? No, not <laughs> yes. of me on YouTube.
1: Of right? you on YouTube. I watched your TED Talk.
0: Mate, oh, right, I loved it. Oh, that's great. But uh, I, this, is, this, is, this is a real angst. This is why I'm working with Josh at the moment. So Josh and I are doing some filming at the moment. Far out. People see there's like videos of me from six years ago and that forms their opinion of me yeah. in this current day. I oh. thought you were
1: nailing it then. You uh, are really thanks. good at drawing.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I saw yeah, you drawing a whiteboard. I oh, whiteboard once, about nine years old. Yeah. But
1: sort of what stuck <laughs> out to me was the stuff around motivation and your sort of, uh, I guess, view and thoughts around motivation. I wrote mm. it down here. You said most of us try to motivate others from the inside out. Mm-hmm. Versus yeah. and, and so can you explore That I really like really that. Oh, it. yeah. It's also funny There's also
2: something Really funny I, I feel like having Worked with Jason A bunch It's the equivalent Of Jason going back To your third break At Sheppard Yeah And being like Mate you said this thing In Shep So I'm curious <laughs> To hear I'm curious to hear I'm curious <laughs> to, like, to hear As well yeah. How much the like Talking to that point what um, you're thinking then, and whether it's actually well, it's actually. I mean, there's
0: a there's a high level conversation that's quite fascinating here around the the kind of fracturing of people's identity nowadays. Mm-hmm. The fact that we're so hyper-connected and we have all sorts of digital avatars and representations of ourselves and different platforms and things like that. So yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a sense of who I am on YouTube as well mm. as Twitter, as well as Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn. I'm hopeless across all of them, which is why people, which is why I'm haunted by my past. These fossils <laughs> of my past keep resurfacing. But
1: in fairness, that was like 2013, the video <clears throat> I'm talking about. Yeah, right. And
0: a lot of it was
1: really relevant.
0: Thank you. Thank to you. my world right now. Thanks. Um, I, try to be, I try to be relevant. So, here's the thing. With motivation, there is so much fluff, folklore, fist-pumping rah-rah, and all sorts so of- So, you love Tony Robbins. Uh, <laughs> I think he's maturing. I think he's getting better. I think he's getting a level of sophistication. But he's also an example of someone who is incredibly overworked. And mm. one of the risks that happens in this industry is people start to optimize too much, you know. You build a program, it kind of works, you can sell stuff, it starts to develop reputation and so you just end up iterating the same thing instead of actually taking a step back and asking, actually, is this still relevant and true? Is this still Mm. useful? Is this still actually the most apt expression it could be?
1: So you find a bit of success in going, shit, let's do a bit more of this? Yeah. Let's add to that. And-
0: yeah. And then it can potentially get you so insular that you are, you don't even question, is this moving us closer to future relevance? Like, is this actually, mm. so? like the motivation, it's so many outdated folklores, but it's comforting to folks. Like to be told that you can achieve anything, you just need to believe, you just need to have the right attitude an attitude of gratitude, check up from the neck up and all that stuff it kind of goes against what we know from science and what we know from actually just getting people a little bit more curious, a little bit more critical thinking, a little bit more experimental instead of seeking these one-size-fits-all universal truths. Mm. And so that's the perspective I try to bring.
2: It's, is it about creating a mind shift? And is, is that what they're trying to do? And is there do you think there's better ways of doing that?
0: Oh, well, I think, I mean, all the ways are potentially good, um, but I, there are some less than helpful approaches. I think that what the motivational speaking industry has done historically is kind of, first sell you the idea that there's something wrong or something that you're missing or something that's broken inside you, mm-hmm. and then kind of present this kind of mystical solution, the secrets, the hidden operating system upgrade that you, abs- you, know, you need. I bought that DVD. Uh, <laughs> totally. Well, <laughs> yeah, first you buy the DVD, then you go to the immersion <laughs> thing and then you go to this deeper thing, then you go to some offsite and then you're talking about franchise options and so on. It just like, it <laughs> Before becomes... Before you know it, you have a boost juice. <laughs> 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 totally. Um, but so, so, I mean, I just think that... I think that the world covets these, they they kind of, they look at these like folks on the pedestal and think, oh, wow, they've got it all figured out. When most of us are just making it up as we go, we're all kind of trying to do the best that we can. And, you know, there there aren't any perfect solutions, but there's there's an approach that we can start to integrate Mm. that, you know involves mindset shifts and so forth which is enhe- complex af uh and then and then <laughs> the I- title I- of our <laughs> our podcast complex <laughs> af I like. well yeah cuz then you start getting into notions of boundaries of self and like yeah. where are you know all that stuff and then there's also systemic things like you look at a lot of online things so how i got into this is i was doing my phd research in motivation science i was lecturing at different universities I saw high school kids getting talked to by motivational speakers and told, to, you know, you need to know exactly where you want to be in 10 years time. What car you will drive, what job you'll have. And it struck me as less than helpful for these kids that are already under heaps of pressure. And at the same time, I was playing World of Warcraft, which is a multiplayer (laughs) online role playing game, which has incredibly sophisticated psychological design. And so, I thought, oh, what happens if we combine what works there with the real world and can we take a different approach to motivation? That was mm-hmm. my first book ages ago and then so on. And so. And, and now I'm off doing all sorts of other things. So,
2: you're uh, the current book, How to Lead a C- Quest? Yeah, man. But you're, you're pretty close to... Are you close to releasing a new book or what's the... Oh, like right. So, How to Lead a weeks?
0: Quest came out a little while ago, like a year and a bit ago. I'm in the process of writing a book at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um but this time I'm kind of being cagey as to when I involve third parties and publishers because yeah. there's kind of like a, a crunch that comes on once, once you know, you've got contracts signed and so forth. And I'm trying to just let this thing emerge. So I'm I'm. <laughs> is, know- that, is
1: that a creative decision because you think you'll get the best out totally yeah it's
0: the the third album it's the weird one it's the it's the it's the thing that i can now afford to be a little bit foolish in my world because i've got enough um you know momentum and reputation list and so forth that that if it if it really fucks up then i'll be okay we'll we'll survive Mm -hmm.
2: this is when it comes to books are you of the school of like you know there's a lot of um People in the motivational game where it's like, okay, you buy... A, was that you, Tommy? Yes, me, so Sorry, it's, it's awesome. my wife. It's so uh, real. It's always <laughs> the laptop, isn't it? I know, like anyway, If you didn't hear, Tommy's laptop just buzzed. Uh, the There seems to be like a world where it's like, okay, you buy, you create a book and then that book is going to be what you use to speak yeah. and then you're going to have it like on the table yeah. in the back. Yeah, totally. Is is that actually where you started the journey of writing
0: yeah kind of so i mean i had a i mean i had a little self-published book how to enjoy exams back when i was helping students and so forth and then i wrote a little kind of giveaway book and so forth that's more of a better version of a business card and then and then the game changer my first book was super awesome work with um wiley my publisher that you don't actually make much from the book itself mm-hmm. like the royalties are pretty slim, mm. like a dollar fifty or something, something along those lines per $30 book, or maybe it's $2. I don't know. Nothing really to get terribly excited about, but yeah. it unlocks opportunity for you. It kind of, so in that regard, books serve, it's almost like a ping to the market, like mm-hmm. a little sonar ping to remind you, oh, hey, you know, here I am and I have these perspectives maybe that could be useful mm. in your mix. And as people pick up the book and they read it and think, oh, this could work and so forth. And then, you know, I work with uh, organizations. Um, the book that i 'm writing at the moment i 'm not sure if I want it to be simply just a ping. I think I, I kind of want it to be the type that is esoteric and obscure, but in six years' time, people mm. will be picking up and reading it and thinking, this is actually pretty good actually i 'd like for yeah. it to be much more commercially subjective <laughs> yeah. than that but but that's not my primary objective yet.
1: yeah yeah well, Josh and I talk a lot about goals and, and yeah and um I guess, motivation, all these themes in our everyday life. And I think about myself Mm. as far as goal setting and I don't really set goals. I become obsessed with something like this show, a hundred episodes. We didn't have the goal of a hundred. We just had the goal of get started and actually enjoy what we're doing. And I feel like that pay has paid off for us. Am I not serving myself well by no, man, that so approach? No, or? it's so,
0: so good. And it reflects what you guys were talking about with Hamish yesterday with um, the sense of trajectory. This like, mm. it's more about direction rather than destination. It's, um, there's this wonderful uh, thing. Um, have you ever seen Tim Minchin's valedictory speech? He kind of did this thing and... I've seen a way. lot of valedictory yeah. speeches, so
2: probably, but...
0: I-
1: I don't know I'm the name. picturing names of up there in that gown. I've seen snippets. <laughs> Something of it. like yeah. that. But he's
0: just—he's reminding folks: it doesn't matter if you don't know exactly what you want to do in your life, what you know, what your dream is, and so forth. Just be kind of micro-ambitious. And mm. I think there's a sense of like
2: micro-ambitious. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: It's—I uh, mean—fancy words for like: if you've got a hunch, if, you, if this feels right and stuff, pursue that. Um, but then do these check-ins. Is this kind of moving in closer? And I—I I think having a fuzzy goal is okay that allows you kind of room to meander and stumble and explore tangential pathways. What, what doesn't work so well is the old industrial kind of having a really ultra specific, you know, smart goal, um, which measurable, achievable, realistic time-based that's fine for formulaic work and predictable outcomes or with predictable outcomes, or if you're trying to you know do something in the olympic games which is really stable environments where you're like looking to shave microseconds off your time mm-hmm. um, goal setting's fantastic there but in something complex like life or like a project that's unfolding and emerging and uh, you know uh, it's okay to keep them fuzzy
1: yeah well that's the creative endeavors i in one of those videos i was watching i mean you might not even think this anymore but it was around <laughs> the I, I i saw you talking about money and the creative so the driver of money, so the the project mm. requires, you know, cash to be injected and the creativity then has to come. And so mm-hmm. that's causing some kind of mm. friction or mm. do you think they live together? Like, what do you think the best outcome is? Do you think you can put dollars towards it so there's their pressure there? Then, you know, are you getting your full creative capabilities out of those? Endeavors? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, the simple thing when it comes to money and stuff like that, look, money's an incredible motivator um, when you do drop stacks of cash into a thing it will narrow people's focus so what you'll often get is people achieve the thing that you're Mm. trying to do because of the reward but if you have a scenario say where you you know you have kids um, you want them to kind of do housework and you've got one family that's paying their kids pocket money to do the housework and another house where people are doing the housework because they want to contribute to being part of the family. Mm. When the pocket money disappears in the first example, it's very likely that the behaviour of cleaning up the house will disappear as well. Mm. Um, and so... so well, Josh hasn't
1: cleaned his house
2: <laughs> <laughs> Well, Dan
0: Ariely talks about it a yeah. lot um,
2: with that uh, that idea that there's the, uh, the social contract yeah. versus, you know, just a, a financial one and that we can... Like it's counterintuitive, but this idea that I know that when I've had contractors... Uh, I would pay them really well and then I would sometimes be disappointed and then I would have moments where I didn't pay them as much and I got a better result. And then so it's... So the idea
0: ultimately is just try to remove extrinsic rewards from the equation as early as possible. Mm -hmm. Pay people well or whatever, but don't have it be the thing. Like it's Mm -hmm. a hygiene factor. If people feel like, cool, my basic needs are being met, you know, I'm feeling comfortable here. It's out of the equation. We can then look at the inherent motivation Mm. to do something really great and wonderful.
1: Well, social contracts, it's almost what we spoke about with Hamish yesterday. He was talking about his contract with the radio station to then do what he needs to do. Mm -hmm. But then people on their own social media accounts have a social contract with their followers to be... Coming in with that post at seven AM tomorrow morning, yeah, or people will get pissed off, and so that pressure is pretty high for people.
0: What's your experience with dealing with that space? I deal with all social media really poorly. Like I, I have, um, there, there are folks in my profession and so forth that seem to believe that. Um, simply posting a photo of themselves with their own quote um, next to it uh, and a link to their website is is the the strategy and the frustrating thing is it seems to work you then have that uh, Josh introduced me to this new term a couple of weeks ago a circle jerk um, <laughs> oh, yeah, which, yeah. Um, <laughs>
2: which 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 Jason had the best uh, I said that you and I had sort of a circle jerk moment and he said so like a line jerk line <laughs> what's a line yeah, jerk, it's jerk just a single a line it's a like a single line, two line points, of like it's more of a spectrum sure. i think i yes. prefer
0: the circle but, <laughs> but um, you need three for a circle, or yeah, it's think more, that'd of be more of a triangular. Truth. Truth. I think, when does it actually become a circle, jerk That's yeah. a that's a good question. It takes a whole industry to be well. A circle. <laughs> yeah. Totally, because you look closely at circles, that's all just different angles, right? Yeah. And then we're getting into pi. Like, yeah. who is so, like as in three point one four? And so on. I just have yeah. this. Vision of <laughs> a joking. bunch
1: of people jerking in a circle right now. But well, this is where the sounds daily like talk a Guinness Records thing. <laughs> I mean,
0: what a what a symbol of peace that would be all yeah, exactly. around the world, it's all around the world. <laughs> how long would that take? It'd circumvent- it would be circumvent. It would. Oh, it would. you need to get land bridges serve, or something. Yeah, yeah, it
2: would serve a lot of good in the world. You think? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, but yeah. impossible. To, yeah. I mean, if the North Korea, if that whole summit happens, anything could totally
0: come yeah. out of that. Yeah,
1: uh, you uh, are talking in front of. Big groups of people. Mm-hmm. What kind of people are they? Oh, well... I mean, I mean, you know, the Daily Talk <laughs> Show's audience is vast, yeah. but you've got a specific kind of
0: niche. I'm, I, I talk with all sorts of industries and stuff, so I'm flying to Brisbane tonight, I'm speaking with a bunch of principals tomorrow, I was uh, working with some hospital folk before, I was working with lawyers, software developers... Um, banks, all sorts. So the industry, I'm agnostic to whatever profession, but the general audience that I tend to work well with is skeptical audiences that feel like they've seen it all before. Um, I seem to be the refreshing counterpoint to those folk who can't stand the extroverted, fist pumping, rah-rah motivational speakers. Mm. Um, And that kind of happens because I meet them with a high degree of skepticism and, you know, help them to think a little bit more critically about uh, motivation behavior and to to kind of view things like culture, innovation, leadership, authenticity, all those things from a high level of complexity instead of dumbing it down for the masses. How do
2: you be a skeptic and remain positive in the world?
0: Oh, I'm glad you asked this. It's so good. It's so because I was like so bitter for so many years and uh, I actually did quite well out of just picking, picking apart other motivational speakers. But then... Then it's like, well, like the motivational troll. Yeah, kind of, <laughs> kind of. You're, like you're the wizard now, and you're, yeah, yeah, you're yeah, once. I was like a bit of a pirate um, <laughs> back then. But there's this thing. There's this amazing book that I read called The Listening Society recently. It was um, written by well, it's from Switzerland. Metamodernism is this concept that I'm flirting with obsessively right now. What is it? Metamodernism. It's um, beyond postmodernism. Um, so if I just can I indulge yeah, like in that yeah, okay.
2: and go into as much detail as possible because Tommy <laughs> and I don't know what the fuck. All talk, right. Great,
1: great. So <laughs> and simplify it. Okay.
2: So what? So so you said postmodernism. Bleh, out of work. Modernism. Right. Well, so let's just really rein it back. Let's just start, Let's rein it back to okay. modernism. What's right, modernism? This is
0: to serve the meta question here of how do you stay and remain optimistic whilst skeptic, uh, skeptical as well. Mm-hmm. So modernism, um, it's much of how our society's worldviews are formed at the moment. And uh, Australia is very modern country. Uh, we view science. We venerate, science um, progress we're very rational we believe in the individual and so forth Postmodernism is less um, popular so we're looking sociologically now you've got these pockets of folks that say yeah cool science is great it's the best thing that we have there's nothing better but it's also pretty flawed I mean it just seems to be a bunch of white dudes winning awards for this stuff and it seems to perpetuate these existing um, patterns of thought it's not really Encompassing all voices, there's a lot of um, minorities um, that whose perspectives aren't necessarily expressed through the modern meta narratives that we have. And when, things.
2: when was modernism? Like, what is it? A time period? Like, uh, is it yeah, connected yeah, there's, to, like, there's the a industrial period, but and it's, like?
0: yeah, it's, it's also kind of linked to the development of different societies and stuff. Okay. So, if you look at some countries, um, haven't quite embraced modernism yet. So, mm-hmm. it's very pre-modernism. What's like Dubai? What would Dubai be? Uh, would Dubai be? It's that's complex, right? Because yeah. you have such. Um, well, it's all complex everywhere but you have there's going to be pockets and stuff like that but if you look at you know countryside of some different countries it's much more driven by religion uh, faith and so Mm -hmm. forth the science hasn't really kind of encroached upon world views as Mm -hmm. much and this is not to say things are better or wrong it's just reflective of different stages of development so in stable societies like what we got here in melbourne you're going to have pockets of postmodernism where people realize that oh, yeah, actually, there's kind of a better way here. And, you know, they'll look at motivational speakers and think, well, that's kind of cool, and I'm sure that works for you. Mm. But possibly there's some other experiences where your your, your secret to success doesn't actually apply. Um, The trouble with postmodernism, though, is it's just endless critique. It doesn't seem to offer anything. Mm. You're kind of ironic and clever and distant, whereas the modernist folk are so sincere. You know, you look at a lot of – in my personal experience, I'll say – some uh, North American motivational speakers or public speakers, and they start off so sincere. I, I remember I, I, was at this, I was doing this thing in Washington, and there was a guy saying, you know, when I first applied to work here, I was rejected. But you know what I did is I took that rejection letter, and I got it laminated, and I put it up on my wall, and every single day I looked at that. And you know, next year I applied, I got rejected again, but I keep looking at that rejection letter. (laughs) eventually makes sense <laughs> amazing, <by laughs> the way. but you know it's like this is so simplistic but isn't that dude, like the Donald Trump
2: realm that we're <clears throat> in like he's a dude who like looks at his yeah, uh, press every single day yeah, that's totally. the headline we talk what's about what's interesting
0: though is um I mean there's some different theories around here but Donald Trump's able to play with a very populist notion like appealing to the masses and so forth and I think a lot. I think pretty much everyone thinks he's an idiot. But some people love to kind of just follow him to see how he's going to fuck with the system a little yep. bit, see what it's going to like, because there's an unpredictable mm. nature.
1: Yeah. So that basic motivation of mm-hmm. put the thing up on the wall and look at it every day is a part of the yeah, post-modernism. Poster of, yep. is it postmodernism. No, that would be, modernism. No, be so more. So that's, modernism. Modernism. so that's
0: more simple. Yeah, postmodernism is going to be the person having a <clears throat> an espresso, you know, with a. Skivvy and so forth, um, reading some Penguin You're classic. you literally describing about. Lawrence who's behind <laughs> us <laughs> right no, now, including the that? Skivvy. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> the, well, it was
2: <laughs> the post-modernism <laughs> guy. We need a photo <laughs> of Lawrence for our Insta story after. That, we've got awesome. one of him wearing your glasses, that's Josh. So <laughs> maybe Looks like Steve Jobs. Maybe that was my rebrand.
1: Maybe I was going from modernism to postmodernism. Could be. Could
0: be, yeah, yeah. Who's we'll say,
1: someone that we can put a picture in our mind, uh, other than Lawrence, of someone who just fits the post-modernism bill that's preaching that postmodernism
0: hmm. I don't know if it's something to be preached so much because um, the thing is with postmodernism is that is you kind of realise that nothing's actually true everything's broken everything's a bit of a lie we only ever hold these fractured incomplete pieces of reality and so forth and so they're not really venturing forth much but you might see some comedians that are cr- incredibly sharp and on point and so forth so uh, what's it? they're to the right what they're, like they're right leaning is that is yeah. that fair to say no no no, 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 no. sorry the opposite <laughs> left leaning no not at all well, I, okay. either well, I Actually more left leaning, yeah. Um,
2: because I, I wonder the like fake news in some regards that could be seen as this post modern idea, which is like, ah, oh, it's not true, but it's being used in sort of well, a way okay, to so create now,
0: confusion. Well, we're getting into the space of metamodernism now, um,
2: right? We naturally transcend it, yeah.
0: So, you talked about left and right beforehand, metamodernism is kind of tangential to that. The, this, the Distinctions between left and right, and all sorts of distinctions start to so tangential. Uh,
2: you did like a thing with your hand. Does that mean it sits above? Perpendicular. Perpendi- yeah, yeah, Fuck yes. Perpendicular. We went from trans, trans. <laughs> yeah, this is good. But uh, this is the thing. Normally, when Jason's talking, I take it all in, and by the end, I understand. But I'm trying to put my hat it's on. It's great. Of, it's great.
0: Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. So what I mean is that right angles and so forth. So instead mm-hmm. of going on one side of the spectrum, it's where mm-hmm. you can kind of start to relate to all sorts of different worldviews. The, the thing I'm excited about with metamodernism, what it means in terms of how can you be sceptical, smart and intelligent and still have sincere beliefs and have this kind of naivety and optimism, it comes through this kind of reconciliation or this ascension of paradox. You look at these two different things like irony and sincerity and you're both at once. You have this ironic distancing where you can make fun of yourself and be aware of like the meta, like you can mm. self-comment and so forth and at the same time hold some sympathy sincere beliefs it's like saying like look i don't believe in love it's simply a bunch of um neurological chemicals that's developed as our species has evolved and so forth but you know i love my wife and, and i got a I dog and, and that thing yeah, we totally it's an
1: oxymoron is that is that what an oxymoron Probably, is? yeah totally it's paradox, it's, it's it
0: paradox it oxymoron juxtaposition it's hybrid hybridity it's, it's um, not very
2: romantic though is it like i think there's oh, like oh, there's there's moments i remember of saying to Brie, where it's like, yeah, I, I, I feel like in the relationship, it started off where it's like, you know, you're the only one for me type of thing. But then there's this like sort of this other part, which is like, I want to be with you. I love you so much. But we're both choosing to... But be- There are, like, heaps of people. The reality is there's, like, heaps of people
0: that we <laughs> Oh, they're banging at your door. Do you know a massive, yeah. That's <laughs> a massive buzzkill to yeah. any woman who's listening. Yeah. No, but
2: do, you, do you get what I meant? Like, um, so there's the...
0: Totally. But it's, it's both things. There's this notion of both and uh, rather than either or. It's kind of, cool, we both know this is kind of some sort of... We can break it down. We can look at the neurological pathways and so forth. And there's also still the mythology. There's still the actual romance. It's like pragmatism and romanticism both combined
2: so it's almost understanding because i was even talking to him about this the other day which was like uh there's a there's a time which you say like say for instance having kids mm, or yeah um you know being in a long-term relationship or whatever where mm-hmm. you're like uh i'm choosing this path and there's almost An element of being, I don't know if dogmatic is the right word, but it's like being sure in, yes, there's lots of options, there's heaps Mm. of different solutions. Uh It's like going into business Mm. or something like that. It's like saying, you know what, like there's a hundred different ways of doing it, but I'm actually committing to this and it's going to mean taking other options off the table
0: that's right and see so this is kind of cool too how does commitment work mm-hmm. because in a in a kind of a an older way of looking things back to harkering back to the industrial kind of motivational speaker kind of modernism thing it's very much you know this is it black and white this is you know a straight a straight path whereas nowadays we can actually commit to stuff but we hold it as a stance and we commit to it wholeheartedly until we actually realize, oh, this isn't actually serving us so well, and maybe we do to use a terrible word, I'm only terrible because it's been overused by consultants. But we we kind of pivot, we kind yeah. of reassess, we you know. And this is it's much more of a dance. Then it's much more of this kind of oscillation between different extremes that kind of moves us closer to this sense of simultaneity, where we can be both things at once and yeah. neither of them.
1: I like what you said about. Um the quote um, you're so open minded your brain falls out yeah and it, and you know that's where it's like you you're very you're pushing yourself in one way you know oh it's all about monogamous relationships and then next mm-hmm. minute the person's in open relationships and is preaching that mm-hmm. and so it's like at what point? Well, it's, it's
0: possibly not the next minute. It's it's possibly like through conversations, through explorations, through the complexity of life, helping to shape and influence how we are. Through, for some folks, it might be reaching a certain point of maturity in their relationship where they realize that I feel so secure and stuff like that, and I don't actually we don't actually see this as being a threat to what we have. Mm. And for others, it might not be. It's like what what it does is it helps us to go beyond the monolithic, you know, this is right, this is wrong, and everything's black and white view, and actually start to see the world more complexly and appreciate there's all sorts of different perspectives in the mix and Mm. it doesn't necessarily mean they're right and wrong, they're just different.
2: And that's why goals are hard, I guess, because the goal that you set 10 years ago, Mm -hmm. uh, you've had 10 years of a journey which has then informed. So, it, it makes sense to sort of be open to moving around or Mm -hmm.
0: sort of... Well, and and it's interesting when people attach identity to goals. So there's this notion of goldacity, which came about because a bunch of folks climbing Mount Everest had this goal to reach the peak by May 6th or some sort of specific date because for the past... A couple of times they did it. They reached the peak on exactly May 6th and they're there on Mount Everest and they have this goal to get there. The conditions do not look right whatsoever, but they had this goal. They got to be up there. They've mm. said too many and then they ended up dying. You know, yeah. it's like... <laughs> Joke's on them, yeah. right? Is this, like us <laughs> with, it, is this like us for episode 200? Which is <laughs> <We're just> like... <laughs> a bit, no, it's interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's, was that Sandra uh, Sully? Yes, we're oh, gonna okay. Sandra Sully. Sully, if you're listening, two- yeah. make it happen, babe. I'm actually... <laughs> I, well, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking at an event with her is it tomorrow or next week or something like that oh so join yeah John perfect mentioned the daily I'm talk show i on a show. panel Somehow. session that she's going to be interviewing so I will see it if I can drop it in
1: just put it in. so I was on the daily talk show the other day Sandra
0: and um, <laughs> exactly <laughs> what's the daily talk the, show ah oh, she, she i no, no, well, no, she's she's, she's, totally. she's
2: uh, interacting on Twitter in the mm. sense she's 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 floating well, we uh, to right. yeah exactly we've still got another 99 episodes to get through I know but you don't want to yeah you want to sort of we've got Bono1104 so we've got that we one
1: Back on remember. 6.31. Actually, 104,
0: the annoying thing was he said that if we mentioned it, that he wouldn't be... Oh, he's not. He's on right. oh, to 104 be is like two times 52, 52 weeks in a year, 52 cards in a deck mm-hmm. of cards, two people, two decks of cards. This is amazing. I, I like see where your brain goes.
1: I'm, I'm starting to understand why you guys get along because you, <laughs> you, you're both complex thinkers. And Josh said to me after a conversation he had with you he, that um, there's... He was level- a basic bitch, basically. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, basically, he said... Tommy Tommy Dr. Jason Fox told me that there's different levels of thinking and you know there's <coughs> complex thinking and you know I'm kind of up here and you're kind of <laughs> I didn't do that pretty much <laughs> exactly <laughs> right. yeah.
0: Yeah. I
1: definitely didn't do the up and down they were more sort of on parallel
2: with each other yeah, yeah, going yeah. across can yeah. you explain what that actually what's, what is well that?
0: okay well this is this is one of the things that there's no way of just you sound like a prick with it and uh, there's, there's no avoiding it um, and it's just also don't say where you are on the, on it the sounds, scale I mean, well this is is a a thing because this is a thing that many um, folks rail against because it brings back this notion of hierarchy when it comes to people's ability to Operate at levels of high complexity and abstraction doesn't mean good or bad. <clears throat> no, in fact, you know, you look at someone like me. I'm probably utterly confusing to most folks. Like my ability to make uh, decisions swiftly and to actually do things pra- practically is is negligible at best. Um, when it comes to all sorts of intelligences, like uh, my sense of balance, direction, the the kind of the, the the social nuances and emotional attunement and all sorts of like scales, it's like all sorts of things I'm, I'm quite rubbish at. Um, complexity is something that I'm, I'm lucky in that my research pathway and so forth has kind of, and several life experiences so forth has, has lent me ability to possibly see things more complexly. This could be a delusion though. Um, it could be that I'm actually just kidding myself and it's a useful delusion. It's not so what's me. the
2: theory on it? So there's actually a theory. <laughs> okay, there? so
0: the theory is that um, just as you have childhood development, so you've got your 15-month-old yeah. kid, okay, what was your name? He's already Bodhi. Bodhi, okay, cool. So you'll see the development of Bodhi. You'll see he's got learning thirty words now at the yeah. moment, roughly thirty words. You'll see him. He's then got start a mullet. To, as well. He's got a mullet. Oh, okay, but we're well, very much <laughs> the, okay, cool. Daycare
1: <laughs> workers say he's quite advanced, and so we're grabbing at that and going with it.
0: Okay, cool. But he's advanced. But there's a notion, <laughs> right, of being advanced, and this is actually reflective of empirical research uh, pioneered by a guy called Michael Commons in the 1980s. Uh, you look at childhood development. You can see, like, cool, learning words and then stringing sentences together and then understanding distantly connected concepts and so forth. You'll see the kind of development. And the thing is, we don't suddenly just stop developing once we're in school. This this kind of develops not through education necessarily, but through the process of going through life. And then for some folks, thanks to, and it's hard to say what factors, it might be through their education pathway, it might through the life, be life experiences, they might travel widely, they might go live with different families and different cultures, they might have some traumatic events, their parents might separate and they start to see things from two very different perspectives. Mm. Whatever it is, it contributes to this notion of them being able to see the world a little bit more complexly, which is where they become perhaps a little less black and white they see more gray they see more nuance more shades of color another way to think of it is, is it empathy a, i'd say empathy is a factor we're talking much more cognitive here so i think that some folks would have an intuitive empathy like a connection now, this is in territory that's beyond my um my savvy um mm. i really love the school of life when um they, the school of life um Wonderful website and stuff like that. Lots of really good emotional intelligence stuff there, but it, it's definitely a factor. I think you, when you can see things more complexly, you possibly have the ability to relate, or at least to suspend what your thoughts of right and wrong are, mm. so you can see it through another lens and realize, oh, okay, really, it's not—it's not really as complex as that. A, a way to think about it is kind of like a, a whiskey tasting. Now, Josh I, has probably never been to one, uh, <laughs> but we'll do no, one, Josh. I got yeah, you back. Oh, I, I love it. See, I've never—I was never taught whiskey, so mm-hmm. I, I thought. Whiskey, this is shit This is like It burns I don't know what people are talking mm. about That's how I
2: feel about most alcohol Like um, beer mm. You could give me a VB Or a all we'll
1: taste the same Yeah, it all tastes It shit. doesn't yeah. But yeah, I get it I, so I'll, yeah. so I was there you know, I was four at that stage when I thought <laughs> 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 yeah, Exactly. Maybe By eight, I loved it. Yeah, exactly. Um, but but, but so I wouldn't drink V B
0: what you'd be able to get to uh, is is you kind of especially with whiskey, when you pause, when you take time, when you when you kinda of notice the nuances, when you do a, you, you kind of, you it you kinda you of know that you kinda sense there's this sweetness. Some people are like, Oh, that's sweet. Mm. But like what type of sweetness is it? Honey sweetness, treacle sweetness, toffee sweetness? Is it molasses? Is it maple? Is it like? Is it burnt caramel? And like, the
2: only way you know that is by tr- having tried all those things. Is that just the pump idea? The microphone, Oh, that's fine. Um, that's all good.
0: Um, Yeah. Well, I think I think it's partly that. I think that I'm talking like we're going olfactory here rather than mm-hmm. cognitive. But there's a. What was Isn't that a, word that you just used? Olfactory, like when you smell um, things, okay. smell and, and. How do you
2: spell it? I'm, I'm hearing old, old factory. factory. Is that what is you were you saying?
0: I, I wish I did. O L L A. I got old factory.
2: Can we just pause that, Tommy, with his arrogance, he's like, mate, he's saying fucking old factory. He said, don't you know when you walk
0: in a factory and you
1: sniff? This is literally what I thought. This probably happens all the time for me. Say the word again.
0: O-L-F-A-C-T-O-R-Y, olfactory. Oh, the olfactory. Yeah, the olfactory. <laughs> it's like a hipster factory. It's Derek like, is actually up in an factory right now, <laughs> one of our listeners. <laughs> it's pretty cool olfactory um, when smells trigger memories because it bypasses a certain pathway in your brain. And so this is why you have a particular smell and you're like, mm. oh, wow, where, I? where am I? Where have I? You know, yeah, that, that's, yeah, that's pretty yeah. special. Yeah, anyway.
1: Denkerub, footy field. You know.
0: Know. Yeah, there you go. You know, yeah.
1: Year seven, just lathering up. In actually, it brings back a memory. There. No, <laughs> lather it. Yeah, I was actually, I, it triggers a memory. The smell yeah, yeah. of din for me. My brother's mate got so much put on his back. His back went white, and so there was so much, and it was just burning him. Anyway, uh, mm.
2: I. It actually reminds me of the other day. Bree said, oh, I can smell like the smell of hot chips at a swimming pool." Yeah, vinegar, vinegar, and vinegar salt chlorine. and chlorine. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah it's an interesting mm. mix. We weren't near a swimming pool, so I don't know what the deal was. Nice. But so that's, that's what I'll.
1: I'll Old uh, old fa- well,
0: it's um, <laughs> yeah. I like it. I like it. Old factory. Um, the, the main point the that thing. I'm making, the main point, I like, well, think about designers, right? Like you're looking at like <clears throat> someone might think, oh, well, I don't like that pink. And they're like, it's not pink. It's fuchsia. And, you know, it's yeah. like, or it's like more like. Get fucked. It's pink. <laughs> <laughs> totally right. Different scales, different spectrums. And so yes, there is yes, a scale yes, yes. when it comes to complexity and abstraction. And some folks are better at, um, staying in the space of ambiguity, abstraction, complexity, and we all have a complexity bias. So for me, some of the messages touted by some folks I feel is, you know, in a conference setting is incredibly simplistic and naive and incomplete, but it resonates really well with the audience. And other mm. folks, I'm like, shit, I have no idea what this academic is saying. Like, I'm lost and I'm confused. This feels counterintuitive. I feel dumb, but I'm kind of personally quite excited about this too because I got things to think about yeah. um, so we just we all have a complexity bias and um, and so that's c- essentially the model
2: and cuz i feel like when you when we're talking like this there's a filter which is the young version, which is like, oh man, they're being wankers. Like this is just mm-hmm. over. And oh And yeah. so, what is your wanker bias in the sense mm-hmm. of how do you like when? What is the filtering when someone is being complex and it's, mm, and it's great question versus just being a bit of a wanker.
0: Oh, I love it. I love it. Um, the, the, the irony of, um, you know, people calling out pretentiousness yeah. is that act in and of itself is pretentious because yeah. a pretentious, you know, I'll look at how the pretentious they are with their wine tastings and so yeah. forth and using all their fancy words and so forth is is an act in and of itself of pretentiousness. Yeah. So when you kind of accept that there's no avoiding wankery, if mm-hmm. you just assume that yeah. wankery is the default, mm-hmm. there's just various expressions of wankery, yeah. um, we're going back to circle jokes soon, <laughs> um, but... Um, the, the, the f, uh, for me um for me my my kind of i don't really think so much of wankery i kind of i like it when it becomes self-aware mm-hmm. i think when there's an absence of self-awareness when mm-hmm. when people aren't mocking themselves in the process of doing it mm-hmm. um with if they don't have that blend of irony and sincerity when they're sincerely you know you see um startup pictures and they're talking about you know some bluetooth enabled um I don't know, washing machine or something mm-hmm. like I'd that. Buy that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, they're talking all sincere and stuff like that, talking about the, you know, it's, it's kind of like I think, oh, that's a bit wankery and stuff like yeah. that. But if they're doing that with that kind of tongue-in-cheek smirk, mm-hmm. that's suddenly okay. It's,
1: yeah, it's- I've immersed myself in the wankery at a wine tasting. And I can tell you right now when I've thrown out that overthinking, this is wankery, and immerse myself in the world of this person, mm-hmm. I've actually quite enjoyed it.
0: Totally. it's. It, I mean, it, you look for different things. Getting back to whiskey, my, my territory, mm. whiskey tasting notes are so honest and real. Like, there's one I remember on a bottle. It was actually saying, like, Band-Aids, wet cardboard, gym shoes. Uh, like, it's just, like, an hellishly real about, like, the kind of the whiffs and wafts that you'll get. Is
2: this, like... Uh Hipster, like you know, hip do you, well, hipsters. Yeah. I mean, you would have been you would have been touted <laughs> a hipster with a, to describe uh, Jason. You've got a luscious beard, a a, solid beard, a, a hat Thank that you. I nearly sort of incorporated similar one into my rebrand. I think a beret would go well with you at the yeah, moment. Yeah, but the, it just doesn't sort of sit... It sort of flattens my head out. But anyway, you got It doesn't show if you're a Harry Potter yeah, scar. Exactly. <laughs> what's, that, what is that, what's that hat called? Is it a beret? It's eye? a flat cap, I a think. A flat cap. Yeah. So, you, and you wear vests and stuff like it's that. It's basically... So you, I wear the vest because I
0: didn't have time to iron my shirt. And I wear the cap because my hairs might be getting a bit unruly at the moment and... All and works. Josh put
1: that jumper on because it's the only one he has now <laughs> <laughs> right, it's very true. but it's, it's uh, less complicated yes. but
2: so Techno hipster marina. stuff
0: do you uh, do you uh, push back on it do you like it I you- love it I love it so much um, of course with hipsterism um, there's a the bullshit factor because yeah. um, the fact just- that you
2: like the hipster thing because I remember I said oh I think I'm a bit of a hipster and yeah. someone said no you're not because yep. real hipsters never say that they're hipsters
0: well, yeah, so people are obsessed with definitions, what's real, what's not. It's very postmodern and so forth. Let's, or is that let's metamodern? De- let's, let's, um, de- um, postmodern's more deconstructing and kind of working out in different labels for different ah, things. is okay. um, reconstructing. It's taking all the disparate bits and kind of creating something what new. What would be an example of metamodernism in that context? Um, uh, in, in that context, it's... Um, pff, I'd like to say... Oh, are you guys familiar with Russell Brand? Yes. yes. Yeah, he's very metamodern. Um, his kind of ability to kind of it's hard to kind of define and he, he's able to kind of appreciate and empathize and be curious about a multiplicity of perspectives mm-hmm. he's, he's, he's he's all over the shop yeah. like, but, but still succinct and contained I love Hackers Hipsters and Hippies there is this hackers, emergence and of this and this is something I got from that book The Listening Society I love these guys but this 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 rise of the triple H and each of them it makes sense as to why we're getting this in society so um hipsters, for example, um, they're helping us make meaning in this post-digital world, this hyper-connected thing where everything's touchscreens and displays and we have everything mm. that's all connected up. They're helping to resurge vinyl, to do like, you know, in, in Scandinavia when I worked there, apparently the hipsters are into smoking their own sausages and so forth. Yeah. And they're doing this so kind of they're yeah. kind of rekindling this stuff and it's bringing meaning back like slow things like disconnecting from stuff Hi- hippies um are bringing back enchantment into our world like we've been so disillusioned disenchantment where everything's fucked and fake and bullshit and stuff like that but they're kind of rekindling magic and they're not doing it with like old you know crystal shop you know it's kind of using modern science but in this way to help mm. us be healthier and happier sleep better and eat better and so forth and and hackers are finding novel better ways to do. With some of the more complex challenges of society, you know, you don't look to governments anymore to solve transnational, you know, global challenges like climate change and so forth. You look to the really ingenious hackers that are like, you know what, we can use technology in this way and do this better than anyone else has.
1: Mm, Mark Zuckerberg, um, Ned with Kelly,
0: the, the only um, the hipster.
1: <laughs> I, I look at Ned Kelly, he's like, I saw a photo of him. I don't know anything about Ned Kelly, well, other than the whole he the was a crook, thing. Yeah. but he looked he was an ultimate hipster. Mm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. your, set, your style is, what I'd <clears throat> see is like oh, a bit old-fashioned. Well, if so, you're wondering why it's you. so
2: tinny, he's got like a, a tin mask on. like Nick <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> The yeah. acoustics are sort of...
0: But you're talking um, about there is um, juxtaposition, right? So um, I like this stuff. I think it's cool and so forth. But also I tend to speak and work in very future-focused um, spaces. Yeah. But kind of to bring in the nostalgia into the, a future-based conversation is, is, is kind of good. It's like a juxtaposition. It's, it's, it's skeptical but ideological. It's kind of nostalgic but futuristic. It's like it's all mm. the things.
2: Mm. What, what about the um, the idea that all of this stuff is being done before? Like everything, yeah. like we're just like repeating history and that sort of like yeah. eye-rolling of the, like... It's great. What's, what's your view on that?
0: Like, yeah, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of this, this, this whole, the blend of like the deep pessimism skepticism and almost like nihilism which means everything's meaningless this mm-hmm. kind of thing it's all bullshit like people have talked about this before who am i to do this anyway yeah. who who are we to do this like this yeah. is what are, what, are, what the fuck are we doing anyway yeah. mm-hmm. combined with yeah well let's do it anyway like mm-hmm. let's see what we can do and let's like let's kind of recombine these elements in this expression and and kind of say things that have been said before but perhaps from this angle or in this way at this particular point in time and it's that That confluence of the fact that we're all influenced by all the experiences we have, the conversations, the connections and so forth. I realize I'm doing a lot of gestures with one hand. You can't pick up on radio. But um, this all influences and shapes who we are. So, yeah, nothing's really original because it's kind of formed based upon our interactions. We co-create each other and Mm -hmm. so forth. Uh, And that's kind of cool and that's fine, you know, life is inherently meaningless, but we can also make incredibly rich and magical meaning out of the broken meaninglessness of life.
2: Mm. Do you think too many people try and claim that they've got new ideas?
0: Ah uh, Yeah. And this comes back to a certain level of um, complexity. I think that um, if we look at something, notions of creativity through different layers of complexity, at the simpler level, you might think of people that are looking for their eureka moment where they have this spark and like, I've got it. And I've got this original idea and I go and need to go get it patented and so forth. I've got this perfect idea. And then it's Josh every week. <laughs> It's
1: very true. It's very true. And
0: then others are more like um, if we want to stimulate more creativity, it's less about trying to find these eureka moments and more about all right, what's the systems that we have in place? How can we cultivate, you know, Mm -hmm. approach this more systemically and so forth? And others start to see, see this. Okay, well, ideas and thinking are more just the emergent phenomena uh, of the complex interactions of different thoughts and peoples and so forth. And so, any expression of an idea isn't really truly yours. It's kind of some sort of there's a notion of there is a notion of memetic drift, memes being ideas. You know, you spread memes Mm -hmm. on the internet and Mm -hmm. so forth, but. Ideas emerge and then they kind of drift. And as they pass through different cultures, they take on different flavors and so forth. And they might just have emerged from you, from you combining different disparate conversations and experiences you've had. And then it seems unique because you haven't actually personally experienced this anymore. The more knowing nature realizes that actually what, the the chances are pretty high that maybe someone else has thought similarly. There's a notion called senius, which is collective intelligence is where you have like people having the same ideas, but in very different parts of the world, completely Apparently disconnected, so you start to realize, okay, cool. Well, so what is that?
2: Is that some sort of like magic sort of shit going on? Like, what is that actually? What? What's that theory?
0: Okay, well, magic's an interesting one, right? So, at certain levels of complexity, people believe in actual magic. it's Look at that; it's magic. I think a more healthy definition of magic is things that exist in an order of complexity higher than our ability to comprehend. So, if you look at like, I don't actually know how. The smartphone works and things like that it looks like seems to be like magic i literally Mm -hmm. do not know how it works um i'm sure i can find out And there are people who know that it's not actual magic but it seems to be like magic and there are things that happen in our our world that could just be confirmation bias it could just be a whole heap of narrative or logical fallacies that we're falling play to it could be something of a higher order of complexity we just don't really know yet um we can call it magic as a placeholder for the fact that we actually just haven't done the work yet to what kind about of religion
2: disciple. is that what some people does some people replace those sort of ideas with faith
0: I think uh, I think wow okay lovely territory that we're in um, <laughs> I, 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 religion's an interesting one you can have some incredibly intelligent complex thinkers that still hold on to the mythology of religious belief um, and it probably served them in some way and they can make peace with the fact that there is conflicting bits of it and they can exist as good people in the world, and that's totally fine. I uh, I think that I mean mythology is one of these persistent things. It's, there's, there's always going to be something there. I think that, uh, but what there's this, there's this thing called syntheism that's emerged, mm-hmm. which is um, theism, which is religion, and atheism combined. So this is yeah. like the episode where if we were to have show notes, it would probably be worth it. So say so the word again. Synthesism. Syntheism. Um, not that I'm a but um, yeah, but the, what we're talking <laughs> about, though, is this for those that are listening and have a hunch and have their finger on the pulse, there's this emergent, emerging kind of sense of reconstruction in the world. We're going beyond this bitter, everything is broken, everything's fucked, like look at climate change, look at overpopulation, refugee mm. crisis, look at the corruption in politics and all that stuff. We're when getting, you put it like that, it's fucking. there's a lot <laughs> going on, yeah. Yeah, totally right. But we're getting a little bit beyond that and we're realising, oh, wow, we all kind of have agency here. The The distances between us, I mean, Josh is going to be away soon, but that we haven't seen this collapse of distances where it doesn't matter that Josh is going to be on the mm, other side of the, yeah. the planet. Like, you guys are still going to be deeply connected. or listeners are going to be connected. Mm-hmm. And, and so, we're in this really new territory together. And that means that we can actually, each individually in our small way, potentially have a big collective impact. And mm. this is something to get excited about. Yeah.
2: So, you think that that... Because I have moments of like, I'm only one person. There's... Mm. Uh, I don't think that there's a huge amount. Like I see the complexity in everything that's going on, and I'm like, okay, the world seems so fucked that I have I'm paralysed by it. Mm. And I'm like, okay, well, is me stopping to eat meat or replacing my coffee cup with a keep cup like oh, is that yeah. tokenistic? Yeah, or is that actually going to make real change? And I worry that it's uh, it um, it feels tokenistic.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, me too. Um, and my undergraduate was environmental science, so mm-hmm. I studied all this stuff. I remember one unit I did, global environmental issues. It was like week one, overpopulation. Week two, soil pollution. Week three, heavy metals. Week four, have atmospheric pollution. Week five and so on. And then week 13, hope. It was this like kind oh, of tokenistic yeah. hope thing put on, and at that stage, turning off your lights, doing your recycling, and so forth, bringing your own bag rather than plastic bags, but that, that was all a rage back then. It seemed incredibly small, tokenistic things. But I, I think the thing is, we kind of you kind of you do accept, yeah, the world's complex. We're only small, insignificant bits amongst the world, but we can kind of play some sort of role and it might be not that we always, we might not always ad- adhere or subscribe to all the right behaviors. It's pretty onerous and complex and difficult for us to do anyway. But if we see this as an, an infinite game, which we all kind of have a bit of a role to play, uh, we don't know what the outcome will be, but we're in this to, you know, adventure together to kind of slightly reference the t- chat we've had with Hamish yeah. and 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 approaching life as this kind of infinite game where the point is to continue to play together it's not to win so that other people lose but this this collective sense we're all in it together brings about a sense of yeah cool it's it's complex it's big and stuff individually i can't change anything but we can still we can still do something it's sort
2: of like religion in some regards it's this idea that uh this is going. Doing these things will give me these virtues, which will allow for internal growth. Whether the actual destination is true or not, the process of me thinking about what I'm buying and what I'm doing is actually more beneficial than. The yeah, yeah,
0: thing. I think so. possibly, yeah, and and or possibly not. There's this a yeah. kind of thing of like maybe, maybe like it's meaning, right? We're all mm-hmm. making meaning, you know. We're making meaning whatever we want, but if you look at things like say. You know, we're in a fairly progressive city here in Melbourne. You look at the number of vegetarian and vegan restaurants about the place, mm-hmm. it's becoming more popular. People are kind of becoming a little bit more empathetic to the f- way that animals are treated and so forth. There's still a lot of room that we can go. I'm, I'm on my way towards vegetarianism, but, mm-hmm. you know, I still have meat occasionally. But you look at these cues and these signs and so forth. You look at, like, the supermarkets, ditching plastic bags and stuff like that, and it may have felt insignificant back then, but you know, we don't know the future we're going to, but you can look back and in hindsight, you can actually see some pretty good indicators of meaningful progress.
1: Mm. Well, I heard a woman speaking on singularity. Yeah. What's your, what's your thoughts on that? Basically, I'm asking, can you explain it? Cause
0: um, singularity in terms of artificial intelligence?
1: Well, it was around that future of work and, and it was around, actually, it was around the, um, the belief of nothing matters. There's no meaning to our okay. existence. Interesting.
0: Um, so there's many many perspectives here, probably beyond the scope of this um, podcast. It's incredibly exciting. There's uh, there's so singularity can mean different things. It can be when artificial intelligence wakes up uh, and kind of has this unified consciousness. It could be this sense that human consciousness reaches a point of singularity where we realize that we're you know to quote Bill Hicks, Bill Hicks the comedian that we are all um, simply that all matter is simply energy at a slow vibration there's no such thing as death life is only a dream and we're the imaginations of ourselves um you know did you say he's a comedian was that one of his jokes
2: because that was a shit joke
0: <laughs> <laughs> <It was> like, <laughs> well he ends up with here's tom with the weather it's today a young man on acid realized that we are all matter condensed to a slow vibration <laughs> yeah, that we yeah, were, yeah, yeah. you know i just trimmed those bits off but no, it was, um <laughs> it was in a tool album that i listened to um uh, so singularity um it's I don't know what context she was It was from. pushing
1: towards a, a movement of young kids that are starting to see this world as nothing ah, that matters.
0: Fascinating. Okay, cool. Um, I don't know. Um, it's more, have you, you what heard I did of there? this? You see what I did there? Because I'm so used to like being on panels and stuff. I just launch in, like I'm trying to think what the fuck does it mean as I'm speaking <laughs> some no, stuff? It, it, like it helps confident? me actually remember what the fuck <laughs> I heard. Yeah. So, so good. Um, but um, I mean, the kids kind of, it is interesting. If you think about kids these days, They're on their phones so much, kids these days and so forth, but their social ecology is very much wedded to technology. They don't see technology as something separate to them. It's inherently enmeshed in their experience of living now, mm. um, which is something we've never had before. Um, They're also looking at how brains are changing and how kids use technology. We're also starting to ask questions about companies that use dark patterns to, to create addictive behaviors. So things like infinite scroll and other, other things that trick you into staying on sites longer. Facebook
2: got in trouble for that sort of stuff, uh, didn't there's they? There's all mate? sorts of... doing like. Experiments. It oh. makes sense though. So it's their business model. You yeah. just got
0: to think about these things. And so hence why I like hipsters because they're mm-hmm. opting out of some of these things. And yeah. so people are, oh, you know, you're too cool for Facebook and so forth. Yeah. It's like actually we're just beginning to realize that it's not actually making us that happy. And there's possibly more meaningful ways that we can connect with each other. Mm. But for kids and stuff growing up like this, um, where their social network, the fabric is very much built into technology. I yeah, I don't know what that's going to mean in terms of how things emerge. It could be beautiful. It could be ugly.
1: Well, oh, you see the the way my son reacts to a phone, seeing it. It's amazing. He can already sees the button mm-hmm. pressing it off. It's it blows my mind. He I turns it off well he yeah so he, he can hang up on you <laughs> he sees a big <laughs> red button on the, on the yeah, screen great. hangs up yeah. on you nice but he knows how to open it yeah yeah not it's, like it's put my passcode but just press the screen yeah. to get it activated uh,
0: yeah and then you look at you know kids in the education system at the moment where teachers doing the very best that they can but like the world and like the world that they're getting exposed to is accelerating so much and they're getting exposed to all sorts of information and stuff and they're and what's missing perhaps is that critical thinking that digital literacy and so forth but it's just going to have to emerge because the people in the roles of teaching it didn't grow up with this stuff and so there's all sorts of complex experiences that kids are having these days that we have no idea about
2: what what have you opted out of that the rest of the general public are doing at the moment
0: I have opted out of urgency regarding email. Um, Mm. So I have an autoresponder at the moment that I've declared this is the year of wizard for me. I choose one word every year and partly um, there's a quote, a wizard is never late. And I want to play with my relationship to time. I would often, um, you know, I'd see email, say, I've got to get back to this email and so forth. And I'd let it turn into some anxious thing. Whereas now my autoresponder just manages expectations and just says, Mm. look, I'm super slow if it's urgent get in touch with my partner kim um, kim's on point with emails but you know in a in a lovely balanced way batches mm-hmm. and so forth um i'm like i'm not obsessive about social media i've pretty much become i've pretty much ghosted facebook um mm-hmm. at the moment like i pop in every now and then just to see what's happening haven't got quite to the point of deleting it but i came very close mm-hmm.
2: Does it, has it given you what you expected i remember there was a a guy uh, named Paul who works at The Verge Who did a whole 12-month mm. experiment I remember reading yeah, about that Where yeah. he went off offline And it turns out like he, he was just as depressed as he was before yeah. And he just like t- transitioned from those pacifiers to, totally. to other yeah.
0: ones um, there's a book I read called Deep Work recently mm-hmm. by Cal Newport. Focus, yeah, success book. in a distracted world. And what I found was really helpful for me there is just being conscious of internet blocks. So he has this line around: um, most people take breaks from distraction to do focused work. So you have these weekend retreats where they go away and they kind of there's no internet and stuff, and I can just get focused and so forth. He says the the norm should be focused work or deep work and we take breaks to distraction so you're doing the deep stuff and and then you kind of when you when, when you want to break then you go to distraction Opt instead of into it
2: rather than yeah instead out. of distraction
0: being the norm and so for me trying and i slip so many times but trying to be just conscious of not checking my phone before you know ideally before noon in the day and just not looking at it like is huge when i'm able to do that Mm. but it's also so easy for my phone alarm to go off and i'm scrolling on instagram and blah 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 and so forth but it's getting better
2: the hard thing is i think it's the psychology of uh say going on holidays i remember Mm -hmm. making the decision of uh the difference between say brie and my approach when i was an employee where i'd be like i wouldn't check my email at all and then I'd come back to whatever was there. Mm. Whereas Bree's strategy was, if I deal with it now, it's then off my plate for when we come back. Mm. Which one do you think is...
0: Who wins? Yeah, who, yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah which, which one do you think, you know, if someone's planning a, a four-week trip and they're going away, is the weight of... And the same, I guess, in your scenario, which is like, is, is the weight of knowing that you're going to arrive to your phone at 12 o'clock with a lot of unread things... Mm-hmm is is that a um is that enough of a downside yeah. not to take on that approach
0: oh my gosh i mean i I have a mate um, Will Dable is his name he's, he's a really cool guy um, Runs a digital Will. agency and stuff yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he has this thing where he goes on holidays his autoresponder is um, I'm on holidays now and won't be back until blah your email has been deleted uh, if it's important get back in touch with me after then or something like that yeah. it's more nicely worded uh-huh. but the idea of the email is deleted so mm-hmm. you don't have this fear of like oh shit what am I coming back yeah. to so you can genuinely have a good holiday that's the ideal yeah. but we're also talking about privilege here like mm-hmm. some people it's just not feasible to be yeah. able to do that so. yeah
1: yeah well it's i mean if you work for somebody it's yeah. th- the person that you work for that's going to be their expectation yeah their problem but if you are your own boss it's you know we're yeah. needing to i feel that with like stuff.
2: voicemail like i just wanted i need to turn off my voicemail because people yeah. i've got like six unlistened to voicemail it gives you anxiety yeah well it's just like mm. i know that i've got it yeah. there and i'm like ah like they, people end up reaching me another
1: way anyway. So yeah. they'll leave a voicemail and then they'll email me. What's the mm. classic one of uh, getting to someone's voicemail and they say, if you need me, send me a message. Yeah. So you see my fucking call come through. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> we just but need, you're not going to answer It's almost it? like ha-
2: <laughs> hacking these systems where it's like, okay, they were designed for one way. Yeah. But how do, we, how do we make them work for us rather than just take this? And I guess that's the thing of instant messaging. We've wow. created this idea that it is instant. Yeah, And Slack, I think, is like royally fucking people at the moment within businesses because there's this thing of like, oh, it's flexible, it's amazing. Oh, yeah. think, but you're con- at 11 o'clock, if someone goes well, to yeah. Slack, you have to respond.
1: I, and this is, yeah. I had a light bulb moment when oh. one of my clients said to me, um, he, he, he kind of just gave me some unsolicited feedback, which was really lovely. He said a couple of things, reasons why I like working with you. I won't mention the other stuff, but he said, You get. What was it? Circle they're irrelevant. I mean, it was. Yeah, you're amazing. Your videos are great. No, but he said, You get back to me really quickly. Yeah. And I was like, Yeah. I didn't even feel like I wanted. I didn't even think that I responded to him really quickly. Mm. But then I was like, Fuck, I've set that expectation yeah. of getting back to him really quickly. Uh, yeah. So That's- I hadn't observes my own behavior like that before and and that's all and that plays into people
2: pleasing too right because i know that it uh i've had clients where they've had that expectation and it's all good when they're the only client on but then you get a couple more and then all of a sudden you're the (laughs) asshole that took four hours to respond when they're used to 15 minutes
0: yeah, four weeks in my <laughs> in my case. I think, yeah. you know,
1: you've got your autoresponder. I experienced this with somebody where I, I, the autoresponder came back that was something of similar. I check my emails at once a day. Oh, they
0: can be so prickish though. The, the auto, <laughs> I try to make mine nice and warm yeah. and, you know, eccentric, but yeah.
1: But then every time they'd respond to me within 30 minutes uh. and that autoresponder was always coming back to me. Uh. So it's like I think there needs to be some consistency. Well, they're, then I was, yeah. a, they're
2: almost like they're using it as a filter to say... Because I almost read it as, I'm getting your email. I I pick. I, I know that I'm terrible at writing back to the shit that I don't care about as much. So I'm going to place that there. So then I can prior. It gives. Yeah. It allows them space. to save yeah. face mm-hmm. while creating a prioritization system. Mm-hmm. Would you say, is that how you use it? That's
0: kind of what I, like, uh, you know, the subject lines are wizards never late. I call it an auto magic reply. And I talk about, you know, trying to work on a new book at the moment. And I'm often flying between different countries and clients and so forth. And if it's really urgent, get in touch with Kim and so forth. Um, Otherwise I'll I'll get back to you when I can. Um, And it's kind of like, well, if it's really important, they'll get to Kim and so forth. If they didn't get to Kim, it's probably not important (laughs) and so forth. I've uh, liberated myself of the, what used to be quite a crippling, anxious burden of, oh, shit, this person is emailed. Because it, then it puts your focus back on like the work you guys are doing now. This is one-to-many, mm-hmm. whereas all email exchanges are like one-to-one. Mm-hmm. And it's like you can blow a lot of time just, just doing one-to-one activities that takes you away from your one-to-many activities. Maybe but we should
1: do an episode just talking to all the emails well, that we've got. <laughs> well, the interesting <laughs> thing is
0: yeah. on that point, like that was a decision that
2: Tommy and I made, which was... Hi at the daily talk mm-hmm. is about people reaching out to us and we'll respond through voice, through yeah, the podcast. Yeah, it's beautiful. Mm. Rather than responding to them to them directly. Because for it. one, it's not scalable doing it the other way. And two, it's like we want to celebrate it. We want to create content for the show. And this is what it's about. Our email yeah. is this right now, is this conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when people respond they won't necessarily get a response from us. And I think an auto-response explaining this would mm. be good. But them knowing that, hey, listen to the show because
0: we, we talk about I, this I, stuff. And I know yeah. you're getting swamped. It was, what, 10? 10, 10, 10 <laughs> <We had to laughs> it blew up. Hey, it blew a, up yeah, some doctor. of those people
1: email a lot. But, um, it's, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it must be a real challenge. It's, it's early, um, it's early <laughs> days. <laughs> well, you need to, uh, just um, reminding me, we got some, um, uh, some mail. Oh yeah, oh, we, it's
2: have The second time we've ever gotten mail. It's ah, uh, pretty exciting. Yeah. Uh, thank you to Trevor. Trevor, who, uh, funnily enough, he was on a um, uh, was a guest on our show, and he's in San Jose at the moment. He was listening to the um, listening to the podcast whilst in San Jose because he's doing all the uh, coverage for WWDC and all that sort of thing. Oh, he does fantastic. all the. Uh, all of the tech I'm stuff. I'm trying to work at WWD. Worldwide Developers Conference. It's so Apple announces a heap of things. Cool. So he'll be, you'll see Trev on the TV a bunch, being like, "This is what Apple's announced." So uh, thanks Trev for the mail. He put uh, 16 one dollar stamps. Wow. Uh, for yeah. express That's post dedication. I haven't done. I haven't sent a package in so long. I just, it's, I find it really, um, it's, challenging. Challenging. but we're expecting people to yeah, send it exactly. to <laughs> P.O. Box. I literally have a Foxtel box that we got, had from our old place. Yeah. Which is, brings up a whole nother thing of why I even bother with that. Trying to cancel was outrageous. Like, they mm. they asked me, yeah. I told them, hey, not coming back for a while. They said, do you have a friend that would want you, that you could, it was, became some sort of Ponzi scheme, mm. but they, um, yeah, they. You have to send back the box. Funnily enough, you can keep the keep the remote, <laughs> which I wouldn't want your remote no, anyway, bro. <laughs> Do you guys remember
0: um, uh, like the cartoon shows, like Agro's Cartoon Connection oh, mate. back in the Agro, yeah. You know, like you'd, you'd be able to draw a picture and send it to Lockbag yes. or in yeah. Crow's Nest yeah, or whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you know, it used to be. It, it is crazy
1: what people on YouTube get sent these days. Yeah, like yeah. it is the same thing as the Agro back in the day. Mm. It's. YouTube is just getting sent shitloads of stuff by kids.
0: Yeah. And yeah. Brands oh, you guys that want to be, be in no time. mentioned. <laughs> yeah. And we're well, happy to take everything you've got. <laughs> well, there's, there's
2: something nice about the physicality of like actually getting yeah. things, right? And that's what, now that we've got our new hashtag rebrand of the show as well, I want to get like, Uh, Patches made of our logo and stuff, like so people
1: could (laughs) actually go nice (laughs) on your vest. Yeah, saw
0: the logo. (laughs) Did you have it established like EST? Yeah, Yeah, yeah. (laughs) twenty eighteen. You know, that was a commitment for the future. Yeah, Yeah, that that was a thing of like it's not impressive now. You didn't opt for Roman.
1: I've actually <laughs> laughed at businesses that have put the established on yeah. their thing till uh, t- 2016. I love it. But we- you got to start somewhere. <laughs> yeah, there's, I think that
2: uh, we play in this area of irony and sort of, you know, we were talking about the intro before it's as well. So um, But yeah, I think that maybe sometimes it gets missed. But sometimes you don't even know. It's like I love it. when you're being a bit of a parody of yourself. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. you... So good. But uh, Jason Fox, thank you for being on the show. Yeah, thanks, dude. We so want to have friends of the show. So I think it would be great to have you back on just to talk. Every time Tommy and I have a situation where we need to get meta- modern. Yeah, um, is that best. what you're doing? Is that is this what you are now? Like, are you playing oh, in the metaphor? No. No, no, I feel
0: uncomfortable <laughs> with that. There are folks better at that than I am. I'm just going to try, keep doing what I do, yeah. And sure. we'll- just yeah. I'm going tr- to get some more trolling. YouTube videos happening with you yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. so that people exactly. have some new stuff to look at. Well, I'm so in the
1: 2013 true. one, so um, <laughs> yeah. I've got a bit Thanks, of catching man. up to do. That's yeah. awesome, They're great, man. That's great. Thanks for cool coming chat. out. Thank Daily you. Talk Show, everyone.
2: Please do send us uh, emails. We won't turn on an autoresponder and I'll, I'll get back to all of them. Hi at thedailytalkshow.com. Josh's anxiety
1: levels just went up. Yeah. <laughs>